from LPL Financial, welcome to Market Signals. I'm your host, Ryan Dietrich. Retail sales uh, is of interest. Probably going to be, you know, up like 0.7%, give or take. At least that's consensus. Given the consumer is in excellent shape, you know, even if holiday shopping gets pulled forward a little bit, there still was plenty. Maybe there's a little risk that December is a little soft again because people are pulling stuff forward because they're worried about uh, low inventories uh, leading up to Christmas. Hey, everyone. Welcome to the latest edition and one of the last, I guess, of 2021 of the LPL Market Signals podcast with Ryan and Jeff. Well, Jeff, you know, we're going to talk about the Fed, we're going to talk about inflation, we're talk about the Santa Claus rally, but I know what our listeners and viewers probably care about more than anything is tonight is all the marbles, the 61.8 percenters, that's me, that's a Fibonacci retracement, first to hang with my homies, that's you. It's almost going to go down to a coin flip in our battle royale of um of the LPL research last regular season game. How confident are you feeling in tonight's Monday night game? Not not very confident at all. Uh, <laughs> I made a lineup mistake starting the Titans running back or the Chiefs running back. So you know it's gonna take um take a strong come from behind victory here. I got a shot, but I'm not that confident. I hear you. Just, you know, probably should have had this uh, prepared, but let's just see what the percentages are. I'm, I'm pulling it up literally on Yahoo Finance. At, here we go. Almost there. I well, while while you're looking at the percentages, just look at those records on the screen. I want to. Hey, really now. It's all about the now. We're living in the now. Okay. I have a, looks like I've got a 69% chance to win. You've got a 31% chance. Oh, you know, <laughs> hey, two and three. So anyway, or one out of three chance, but uh, going to be a good game, but you're right. It's been a rough season for my squad. I went chief heavy, which didn't work so well. And a couple of different guys have been injured. Well, it didn't work so well early. I should say your chiefs look like uh, they're back, but um, anyway, it'll be exciting. So good, good luck to you uh, tonight, uh, Jeff in our battle Royale, but I am out of the playoffs with a, what am I? 10th out of 12 teams, four and nine, but I've come back a little lately. I'm a late bloomer to the fantasy football league, apparently, but we'll see what happens here. So uh, let's just kind of move forward, Jeff. This week in the LPL Market Signals podcast, uh, we're going to talk about a couple different things. First off, the Fed meeting. It's kind of the highlight this week. Uh, we're going to talk about tapering and what it all potentially means. Also, a little more inflation discussion. Obviously, on Friday, we had a CPI come in. Depending on what number you look at, we're looking at some of the highest numbers in you know three decades on inflation. Uh, yet the stock market went up and made a new all-time high on Friday. So we're going to talk about what that all potentially means. And then um, talk about uh, kind of a continuation, honestly, of last week. We're going to talk about the idea of a Santa Claus rally, which, by the way, Jeff, you know, last week we did this podcast. And we wrote our weekly market commentary also that came out on Monday. And we talked about why we thought the potential chance for a, um, a, pretty, bi- a pretty big rally late in the year still made sense. We still believed in Santa Claus. All the Omicron, all the concerns are out there. And then boom, stocks just had their best week since February. And we'll talk more about this, I guess, at the end. But um, you know, we, we've, we've seen a really good start. Uh, to a potential Santa Claus rally as those Omicron concerns do um, uh, take a back seat. I mean, Jeff, maybe before we go into inflation, Omicron is driving things. What do you think? I mean, it looks like the worst has been avoided. It doesn't seem as serious as we feared two or three weeks ago. What's your take? Because obviously that moved stocks more than anything last week. Yeah, I, mean, I think we we said it just like that last week. If you know the market gets comfortable with Omicron, we'll be right back at the highs. 
you know, it's not just seasonality, right? It, we have a right. really good uh, economy right now. I mean, could see seven, eight percent GDP growth in Q4, depending on how we finish. At least that's what the uh, data is pointing to now. So, um, you know, that combined with more strong earnings, which we've seen for many quarters now, uh, puts a pretty strong uh, foundation underneath this this market here. So, sure, not not shocked at all that we're back at all time highs. Uh, yeah, exactly. I mean, we've been saying that. You know, this year now is the only year other than 2014 to have a new all time high in every single month. So, just kind of kind of think about that. But we'll we'll talk more about stocks here uh, near the end. Jeff, let's start. We're going to start with inflation, and then we're going to go to the Fed. Um, and then talk a little bit about stocks and uh, potentially year-end rally. So the headline, Jeff told me, it was the highest inflation, 6.9% year-over-year for the headline CPI. Uh, that's the highest in 39 years. Uh, if you look at core, it's a little different, but still one of the highest numbers we've seen in a while. Yet, stocks had a pretty good day on Friday, closed out again one of their best weeks um, you know, in a long time. How in the world is no one does no one apparently seem to be worried about inflation? Well, I think if you want to boil it down to one thing, it's because people don't think it's going to be permanent, right? Mm -hmm. Right. Now we we can all debate how long it's going to be before we get back to you know typical inflation numbers. Maybe it's a year, maybe it's two, but you know this report there, there's enough in here to suggest that the temporary components of inflation uh, are likely to peak here in Q1. And then, um, you know, if you get through some of these supply chain issues, more labor supply, we could start to see inflation move lower in Q2 and continue lower over the balance of the year. You know, maybe we'll get to two and a half, you know, two and a half, three percent by the end of the year, which wouldn't be bad. Given uh, we've seen flirting with seven (laughs) percent, Inflation numbers right now, I think that would be uh, really nice. I, you know, as you like to say, peel back the onion. When we do that, um, we saw used car sales up two and a half percent month over month, airfare up four point seven percent, and lodging up two point nine percent month over month. Those are all some really big jumps. The good news, they're not up as much as was potentially feared. Even the big headline number of six point eight percent that was right in line with expectation. So it's almost like a um, a relief, I guess you could say, that we didn't see bigger inflation number because, again, most people think early next year is we're going to see some major peaks um, across the board. But, Jeff, let's talk about the bond market and the bond market's reaction. Um, you think what the 10-year yield did, again, some of the highest inflation data we've seen in almost four decades, yet yields were pretty much flat. I think 10-year yield was slightly lower. Um, what's your take on the bond market's uh, kind of way it's sniffing around inflation here? Yeah, well, one message from the bond market is that, you know, investors are comfortable with inflation, mm-hmm. right? I mean, I think the other message is the Fed has some credibility here now that they've made this shift, right? I mean, we were looking at maybe, you know, one hike next year, just a couple months ago, and now market's pricing in two and a half to three. So that tells the market that the Fed's not going to let inflation get away from them. And that means long-term yields can remain low. You know, driven by these same structural forces that we've been talking about for years, frankly. Um, so, uh, you know, it's not great news. We want the yield curve to steepen uh, and we want um, higher yields to reflect stronger growth. 
But um, you know, all, all in all, it's positive that the market's comfortable with inflation here. At least that, that's what the, the bond market is telling us after yeah, this near-term period of, of elevated numbers. Exactly. And you can tell how this is so intertwined with the Fed. We're going to break the Fed down here very soon. But half the stuff I want to say is connected to the Fed. Half the stuff you want to say is connected to the Fed and inflation. But again, the truth is the Fed is becoming a little more hawkish. And we'll, we'll get there very, very soon. But that's one other reason maybe the market wasn't so worried. You look at something, maybe a little geeky on you guys, but like 10-year break-even inflation expectations. What's, what's the bond market thinking inflation might be 10 years from now? Well, that peaked. I think November 15th, about a month ago, it was actually down fairly fairly significantly on Friday. So again, maybe the headline numbers or the media are telling us and what we see at the pump and at, at different places, not minimizing it. But again, the, the, the likelihood that inflation is probably pretty close to peaking here um, is a positive. Now, Jeff, I do want to talk, and I know we've talked in this podcast before, but I know our listeners it's an interesting concept, the idea of sticky inflation, right? Things that you buy like once a year, or maybe the price has changed once a year that are stickier, that are going to stick around, <laughs> no pun intended. Um, so here's here we go. Shelter, obviously where you live, um, it makes up 41% of core CPI. That was up a very strong 0.5%. That might not sound like a lot month over month. That's a pretty big jump. Also, U.S. rents and rent equivalents were both up 0.4%. Again, that's three straight months. Those numbers have been in the 0.4%, the 0.5% range, which again is much higher than historically uh, what you see. And again, you pay your rent or your mortgage or your house, whatever. We'll stick with rents, I guess. You pay your rents. Those go up once a year usually. This is stickier. Jeff, tell me a little bit about sticky inflation and what it means. Sure. Yeah, this is what the Fed's most focused on. I mean, it's, you know, they, they gave us this transitory line for so long and now it's been retired. Um, that transitory line, they were comfortable with that because the sticky parts of inflation were pretty calm. Well, now we've, they've seen more uh, upward movement in the sticky parts of inflation than they had anticipated. And so they've made this shift. Um, I mean, really, some of the short-term supply chain COVID-related issues, those are continuing longer than the Fed anticipated as well. You know, those will be alleviated eventually, you know, probably some point spring, summer of next year, mostly. Uh, but the long-term stickier pieces of inflation, they're seeing a little bit more there than they want to see. And so that's why you're likely to see them accelerate their taper and um, potentially move lift off up to as early as May. Uh, although our view is, uh, September at this point. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. And we'll dive into that pretty much next. Um, now, I do want to point out, um, I forget what I was going to say. Oh, the idea of transitory, right? It is interesting to me. All we heard was transitory, transitory, transitory. We were, to be honest, in the transitory camp, like a lot of other people, now are realizing ah, inflation's coming back, but maybe some of this is going to stick around a little bit longer than we thought. Wouldn't it be something? When the Fed says we're going to retire, literally Jerome Powell said we're going to retire the word transitory, <clears throat> get choked up talking about this. Wouldn't it be something if that was kind of the peak, right? It's just kind of funny if you look at market history, <clears throat> when you have these major peaks and major changes of things, when extremes happen. I used an example before, I guess it was um, 2020, yeah, September of 2020, when ExxonMobil got kicked out of the Dow after being in there for 120 years, and sure enough, take a wild guess what's been the by far strongest uh, 
sector in the S&P 500 since then. Yeah, it's been energy, right? It's like once the things are extreme, when you say, I'm, okay, whatever, guys, I don't want to talk about inflation anymore. I'm sorry. I don't want to talk about the word transitory anymore. We're retiring it. We talked about Raphael Bostic, head of the Atlanta Fed. Uh, they have a swear jar, and it's not using bad words. It's using the word transitory. And wouldn't it be something if when all that happened, inflation likely peaked? But I do want to talk about and I know not everyone knows what in the world I'm about to talk about, but for those of you that do, if you spent Friday from 10 o'clock Eastern time until maybe 11 o'clock Eastern try time trying to buy tickets for Olivia Rodrigo, who, again, Jeff, first off, do you, do you ever heard of Olivia Rodrigo? Do you have any clue who I'm about talking about right now? Well, I have a 10-year-old daughter and a 12-year-old daughter. So what do you think? Yeah. Okay. Were you trying to buy tickets 10 o'clock on uh, Friday by chance? I was not trying to buy tickets. Uh, my right. girls haven't picked up on the whole concert oh, thing yet, yeah. which is good because I'd rather keep that money in my wallet, to good be honest. You. So my daughter's 14 and she's like sending me texts from school. I'm like, aren't you not supposed to have your phone right now? And anyway, so I shouldn't even answer that one, but whatever. Um, so Olivia Rodrigo tickets went on sale on Friday, 10 o'clock. And again, a few of you know exactly what I'm saying. You couldn't get them like Ticketmaster literally like broke. All right. Like Ticketmasters went down and apparently you had to like sign up for something, which I didn't even know on like Tuesday, some club to even be allowed to get in line. And then literally tens of thousands of people did this club. They still didn't get tickets because apparently she's playing like two and three thousand seat arenas when, well, honestly, she probably should be playing a little bigger. Um, and now, as I'm showing on the YouTube channel, the prices that these tickets are going for on StubHub and various different places are just astronomical. So I'm just kind of making half a joke if you spent a little time on Friday trying to deal with this like I did. You know what I'm getting at. But also that that's uh, that's some inflation. Right. I mean, what's the most you've ever paid for a ticket, Jeff, like a sporting event or a concert or something? I'm trying to think because I don't even know the answer. But you've paid a lot for something. Well, Super Bowl, right? Didn't you go to Super Bowl or or, or no? How much you pay for? Yeah, that? I have been to a couple Super Bowls, but we got those at face value. So through through the teams. Nice. So I, I frankly don't think I've ever, you know, paid more than a few hundred dollars in sort of scalping mm -hmm. premiums. To, I, I'm not yeah. a big concert guy. Yeah, concerts or sporting events. I mean, I've been to a lot of them, but I don't think I ever have either. And fortunately, I will not have to worry probably about the Super Bowl this year. So thank you, Mike Brown, and thank you, Bengals, and thank you, Calendar, for turning to December and the Bengals all of a sudden turn into uh, the Bengals. So I don't have to worry about spending a lot of money on a uh, potential Super Bowl because I don't think there's any way they're going to make it. Anyway, so so with that, uh, we're going to get serious just for a second. Um, you know, our thoughts go out to everyone impacted by the just absolutely terrible, horrible storms and then tornadoes that hit Kentucky and so many other parts uh, of the United States. My wife's up in Cincinnati, Ohio. We always do this before Christmas. She flies up for a long weekend and wraps presents because they all go to her mom's house. And I stay in Charlotte with the kids. And she said, like, you know, trees and stuff are down. This is hundreds of miles away from where the bad storms were, like losing power and trees and things. So obviously, it's just devastating what's um what's happened to, to, to parts of our country and people impacted. So just everyone from uh, LPL Research and LPL, we, uh, we're thinking of you, thoughts and prayers. If there's anything we can do, um, any of our advisors or any clients or anyone that's been impacted or anyone in general, just please uh, reach out and we would, we'd love to help. But again, just no easy way to put it other than we're thinking about you. So Jeff, let's just, no easy way to move forward on that one, but we will. Um, the Fed meeting is coming up. And again, I have a playful don't fear the taper with the Blue Oyster cult, don't fear the reaper, because tapering 
is coming. We know that because it's happening. It's already happening, I guess I should say. But Jeff, it's widely expected on Wednesday. Uh, Fed Chairperson Powell leaves rates at zero percent. We know that there's they're tapering fifteen billion dollars of bonds a month. I um, mean, buying buying less. Um, they're going to maybe taper thirty billion. Right, buy thirty billion dollars less every single month um, is what's widely expected. Again. I guess that's what's in there. Jeff, where's the curveball going to come from, you think? Because when Powell opened his about two weeks ago and gave the um, clue that ta more taper tapering is going to come a little faster, maybe, which opens the door to a rate hike sooner, that kicked off all that big selling. We're aware Omicron was out there. We talked in this podcast, maybe a lot of the volatility, maybe let's call it 60%, was because of the resetting for this taper, maybe 40% was the Omicron uncertainty. Talk to me about the Fed, Jeff, and tapering. And but maybe before I do that, you a big Blue Oyster Coal guy? What's your opinion on them? Yeah, I, I like the song. Sure. I I had uh you know a phase where I was really into the, the 70s stuff stuff, I guess. Uh so sure, I'm a kind of a classic rock. Is that when guy, you had like long I, wavy hair? I mix it up. Yeah. Long wavy <laughs> hair back then. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um great Saturday Night Live skit with Will Farrell and the uh, you know, what is it, the uh, cowbell oh, band. Man. That's right. Yeah, that was, we've actually talked a... about that on this podcast, I believe. So so sure, I'm I'm a fan. Um, and I am old enough to remember all that stuff when it when it came out and was pretty new. Um, so, you know, yes, Brian, where the curveball could come from. I, I think it could be a dovish curveball. We could get, you know, kind of the same type of rhetoric we've gotten before, um, or at least in you know recent weeks. And that may cause the market to back off of that May liftoff. Right. I just don't I mean, you know, I, I could be wrong. But I just don't think the market's going to get enough to fully price in three rate hikes uh, right. at this meeting, especially. I mean, Omicron, we, we sure we've gotten some good news there in terms of the severity of the illness. But, you know, Boris Johnson, prime minister of UK, just said um, or Great Britain just said that, uh, that they've got a tidal wave of cases coming. Right. <laughs> so I, I just don't think uh, there's quite enough yet to give the Fed confidence to be super hawkish here, right? Because there's still elements of the inflation picture that are going to be, you know, alleviated here over the next uh, several months. And, and, you know, plus May is a long way off, September yeah. further off, right? It's just a little bit too early, I think. So the market might back off of that May liftoff expectation uh, after we hear from the Fed on Wednesday. Yeah, interesting uh, point of view there. I can't, can't disagree. I do find it somewhat interesting. Remember, we, we talked a lot about how we didn't know who the next Fed chairperson was going to be, um, you know, up until about two weeks ago or so. So now, you know, um, Fed chairperson Powell has the keys, right? He's not going anywhere. Um, President Biden elected him, and so, I mean, it's not nothing's official till February, but he's probably going to still be in charge of the Fed February 2020 because that's already been announced. So again, maybe he can be a little more hawkish. He can be a little more dovish. He can just kind of maybe do something that maybe we didn't expect him to say two weeks ago. Uh, that's not our base case, but again, just something to uh, to be to be very aware of. Um, so Jeff, I mean, you, you you summed it up really well. And obviously, I think next week in the podcast we'll do a summary of kind of what he says and what's going on. I think my take is this kind of like the earlier conversation. 
Um, you look at something like gold. I mean, gold hasn't gone anywhere. It feels like forever, right? Uh, Break-evens peaked a couple about a month ago. Um, you know, yields have not been going higher. There, there's some expectation, again, that the Fed is clearly going to hike rates next year, like you said, uh, maybe two, two and a half uh, times. And you can't hike half a time, I'm aware, but we're using, uh, using the likelihoods of things. At LPL Research, we still think three is a little too aggressive next year, likely two, but also, again, likely the second half of next year. Um, but again, it's going to be an interesting one. And do not forget, Fed days can be very volatile. And a lot of times that next day after you have a day or so to sleep on it, then you can get uh, a move the other way. Jeff, any final comments on Blue Oyster Cult? Um, any other 70s bands you like, the Fed or inflation? Uh, I guess uh, I'll just close the segment out by saying that the Fed meeting's probably been de-risked. That's yeah. that's what I'm focused on this week, I think, is, you know, we know that the stock market does well leading up to initial rate hikes. And, you yeah. know, the Fed does doesn't really stop bull markets, at least early in the bull market. Right. Usually several years of rate hikes before stock market runs out of gas. So, frankly, I think, you know, this this meeting's been de-risked for a few reasons and um, markets shouldn't be worried about um, a big correction around the Fed here, at least not in the near term. Yeah, uh, absolutely. So again, we'll talk more about it next week. Obviously, it's important. And I did just remember, um, I had a friendly bet, friendly wager with an LPL advisor. It was my Bengals versus his 49ers. And Brad, I told him I'd say this, Brad, congratulations. Your 49ers did beat my Bengals in overtime in just a aggravating game <laughs> all around. Um, so might be some Skyline Chili working its way out to you. That's all I'll say. But congrats, Brad. He probably didn't think I'd really say that, but I just did. So, all right. So, Jeff, some good news. We are huge Cobra Kai fans. Cobra Kai is expected. The trailer just came out the other day. Just looks amazing. Cobra Kai, the show on Netflix. I guess it comes out December 31st. So, so December 31st is like the four playoff games, um, you know, for football, for college football. And now this, I mean, Jeff, how are we supposed to, I guess the market's open that day. How are we supposed to possibly work? Wait, no, maybe the market's not open that day. What day is December 31st? Anyway, how are we going to live? Let's just go that way. How can we live on December 31st with all these cool things happening? You're, well, I don't know. We're going to be distracted, but I don't think anybody's going to really care what we think about the markets at that time. So maybe it's okay if we lose focus and can't concentrate. Um, I, this also reminds me that just, I'm I'm a terrible parent because I actually finally let my girls watch this show. I, I provided some coaching, yep. you know, made sure they knew that this is not appropriate behavior in school. Uh, hopefully that carries through <laughs> and they are well behaved in class. Uh, but man, it, it's yeah, it's, it's a tough crowd. Yeah, like what, the season show. two when they ended with the enormous fight in the school. Like, yeah, that's probably not appropriate. But um, it does look like December 31st is, uh, I think the NYC is closed that day. So that's good because between uh, football games and um, binging on the new season of Cobra Kai, I guess season four, I believe. Um, yeah, no one's going to do anything anyway. We talk about productivity a lot. I mean, that's going to be an incredibly low productivity day um, for, for, for a lot of us. But hey, it's been a interesting year so maybe we deserve the last day of the year to uh to do that so jeff let's finish things up 
um, talking a little bit more about the stock market here and the idea of a potential rally. Um, I talked about this earlier on the YouTube channel. I am sharing the, I think there's so many cool stats and figures on this year. I talked before, I think one of the big, the big number 165, that's where earnings are supposed to be coming into this year on the S&P. Now they're coming in like 205, maybe a tad higher. Um, that's amazing. That's like 25% higher. How much is the S&P 500 up? 25% for the year. But now this year, 2021, 20, uh, just joined 2014 as the only year to have a um, new high every single month of the year, 12 for 12, uh, 67 as of now, 67 new all-time highs, most ever, 77. So I guess, what is it? My math is right. We're 10 away, 11 from breaking it. Probably not going to happen. That's all right. It's still the second most new all-time highs ever. 95 had the most new uh, all-time highs in any one particular year. Jeff, again, we did talk rally time last year. I'm sorry, last week. So anything change in your opinion? You still think the stage is set? Maybe stocks can have the upward bias the second half of the year like they normally have? Yeah, I think so. Uh, we've got additional support here that maybe we didn't expect, which is low interest rates, right? Yeah. We talked about the 10-year yield moving down uh, on uh, Friday. It's moved down early this week a little bit too. And um, you know that is supportive of stock valuations. So it certainly helped tech, the biggest sector in the S&P which was a huge winner last week uh, and is off to a good start early this week. So uh, yeah, no reason to um, change that call. We think we finished the year strong. Yeah, I mean, like you mentioned tech, tech was actually even as a strong week for stocks. It was interesting because tech was the only group out of 11 to outperform the overall Russell 3000, which is uh, kind of interesting. Some other groups were strong and they were right there. But again, Scott Brown on our team, he's been on this podcast before. Um, he's pointed out some technical technical reasons over the past month or so. The tech was starting to show some life. Now, there's fundamentals, technicals, valuations, but tech starting to take that baton back a little bit. And it is one of the largest, you could argue, more important influential groups in the whole S&P 500 um, in stocks in general. So that's a, a uh, probably a good sign. Um, Jeff, I do want to point out one more thing here. And again, I'm showing all the numbers on our uh, YouTube channel, but I'll do my best to explain them. So we just gained 3.8% on the S&P last week. That's one of the better weeks we've ever seen in history, honestly. So what I did, I went back the past 25 times. The S&P 500 was up at least 3.8% in any one week. Interestingly, it was exactly 25 times since March 2009. So looking at the 25 other times, we had a really big weekly gain like we just did last week. What happens next? This is called market signals for a reason. We have shared so many of these market signals over the past uh, you know, 20 months or so that has been continually suggesting stocks are probably going to go higher. Stocks are probably going to outperform bonds. This does little to change that. Three months later, S&P 500 is higher 23 out of 25 times, which is 92%. And then the average return three months later after a big weekly gain, like we just saw, is 7%. The average three-month return is 2.1%. So that's like three times better than average. Uh, One-month and three-month returns are also much stronger than average. I mean, Jeff, I did just say a lot of numbers there, I'm aware. I tried to say it slowly and explain it. Bottom line, a big monthly gain is not you, I'm sorry, a big weekly gain is not like the middle of a bull market or the end of a bull market. It might be kicking off a new short-term cycle of buying pressure. I mean, what, what do you think? I mean, three months from now, could we really be up 7%? Oh, it's possible. I mean, we, you know, 
we know the risks, right? Um, COVID certainly, uh, and you know, maybe you get a policy mistake from the Fed, unlikely, but possible. Um, I guess you could say we got policy mistakes in 2011, one of the two times we we saw um, this signal not work, right. the whole US uh, debt downgrade as the, uh, well, that and the European debt crisis reverberating. Uh, certainly don't see anything like that this time. So, um, so sure, we, you know, we say it all the time, momentum begets momentum and uh, mm-hmm. there's no reason to, I mean, again, we have risks, but, but our base case is certainly this market moves higher uh, over the next several months, although you might have some bumps, uh, certainly as you typically do uh, in the first quarter of a year. Yeah, absolutely. And, and if you want to get more on our 2022 views, please go back and listen to last week's podcast where Jeff and I discussed the economy, stocks and bonds, and our brand new recently released Outlook 2022, Passing the Baton. So again, no, no, nothing really to add for me other than, again, this is, we're going to have a pullback eventually, we're going to have consolidation eventually. These are just kind of those big picture things that I think make a lot of sense. I mean, Jeff and I did talk last week, and I'm just going to point this out. The number 11 and a half, the number 11 and a half. Well, okay, big deal. What's that mean? Well, here's here's two reasons it matters. Next year is a mid-cycle year. The likelihood that, again, the economy is aging a little bit, but we're not near a recession. We went back into the last 30 mid-cycle years. The S&P gains, are you ready for this? 11 and a half percent average. Here's the kicker. We're likely going to gain 20% for the year this year on the S&P 500. Looking back since 1950, take a wild guess what that next year does after at least a 20% rally. Yes, that next year's up 11.5% on average, better than average. So again, those are just two bullet points. When you start adding all these bullet points together, hey, you know, potentially low single double or low low single double digits. Is that even a thing, Jeff? Low single double that makes no sense at all. I think low you just invented a returns. new type of yeah. number. Yeah, I mean, you know, <laughs> low, low low double digit returns maybe makes sense uh, potentially next year if things uh, go okay. So, Jeff, what else besides the Fed this week uh, should we be paying attention to as we kind of wind down and get to um, you know holiday season and the end of this year? Sure. Well, um, I think retail sales uh, is of interest. Probably going to be, you know, up like 0.7%, give or take, at least that's consensus. And uh, given the consumer is in excellent shape, we've talked a lot about this, how much cash sloshing around out there. Uh, So, you know, even if holiday shopping gets pulled forward a little bit, there still was plenty of it in November. Maybe there's a little risk that December is a little soft again because people are pulling stuff forward because they're worried about uh, low inventories uh, leading up to Christmas. Uh, And then the other thing I'll be thinking about here or enjoying here is we're going to have our uh, Boston Research Department holiday party Wednesday. So it's not just about central banks on Wednesday. By the way, there's 20 global central banks meeting this week in addition to the Fed, major global banks. Uh, central bank. So it's a big central bank meeting but, uh, week, but we also have the LPL holiday party. So looking forward to seeing folks. I've seen most people, we've been going into the office here and there, I've seen most of these people uh, recently, but not all of them. So it'll be fun to reconnect um, and uh, enjoy the the holiday gathering. That's awesome. Yeah, we we had ours last week down here in Fort, the Fort Mill campus for LPL. And um, we went, we did go to like a little, oh, one of those places, they had a bowling alley, like four lanes, but, you know, food and drinks and stuff. And we discovered, or maybe not discovered, I guess we um, concluded and really put a stamp on the fact that 
It's a good thing that we're doing economic and investment research because we're absolutely horrific bowlers. I usually roll uh, maybe three times a year and I'll, I'll usually get like 126 or 127 every time. It's like amazing. So it's like, I always seem to get right around there. I got like a 79 the first time. and I think it was 98 or 97. So I'm saying they had um, bad lanes or something because clearly I was off and a lot of us were, but it was, it was still a lot of fun. What was that? It had to be the equipment. Yeah, exa- exactly. Like any, um, <clears throat> yeah, any good bowler, you know, you blame somebody else or any golf, golf. Uh, I mean, Tiger's going to golf with his son, right? I saw that. That's kind of cool. We'll get him out there. And who knows how he's going to, he claimed he's never going to be able to golf like he did again after that horrific accident. But it's just good that he'll be out there with the son uh, golfing uh, very soon. Another example of getting out there doing something. Um, so, Jeff, yeah, I think we've kind of hit the end of the uh, end of the line. One thing, you know, I do want to point out. <clears throat> mentioned a consumer in November. Maybe that's why you said it, because you knew I was going to point this out. Um, Bank of America had had some uh, data that just came out. They looked at their debit cards and their credit cards, right? So it's just Bank of America. But spending was 30% higher last November than November 2019. We're not counting November 2020, because again, pandemic and everything was a little more unique. So pre-pandemic, 30% higher spending this past November. And again, Yes, most of that, not most of it, likely a lot of that was, again, because people buying things uh, to make sure their gifts and things show up uh, on time with the supply chain issues that we all know about. But still, that does, like those other 11.5% stats I cited, this does little to change the overall bullish narrative, if you will, for the U.S. consumer um, that continues to spend and continues to be in really, really good shape. So as always, everyone, thank you for listening to this podcast this week. If you like us, um, if you like the podcast, I should say, give us a like, give us a follow, give us a positive review. It does go a long way. Thanks to Neil, as always, for getting this podcast out there. And thanks to Jeff uh, for a fun conversation. Um, And again, if if we had to record this tomorrow, we might not be on speaking terms. Because again, tonight's a big night. You could argue it doesn't matter because I'm not making the playoffs. But to me, it does matter, um, our, our fantasy football uh, league uh, game, which I'm slightly favored in, but we'll see. Anything can happen. So, everyone, thank you again. We'll be back next week with the latest edition of the LPL Market Signals podcast, and we'll see everyone then. Take care. Bye-bye. This material was provided by LPL Financial, is for general information only, and is not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual. There is no assurance that the views or strategies discussed are suitable for all investors or will yield positive outcomes. Investing involves risks, including possible loss of principal. Any economic forecasts set forth in the podcast may not develop as predicted and are subject to change. References to markets, asset classes, and sectors are generally regarding the corresponding market index. All indexes are unmanaged and cannot be invested into directly. Index performance is not indicative of the performance of any investment. All performance reference is historical and it's no guarantee of future results. All information referenced in the podcast is believed to be from reliable sources. However, we make no representation as to its completeness or accuracy. Securities and advisory services offered through LPL Financial, a registered investment advisor and broker dealer. Member FINRA and SIPC insurance products are offered through LPL or its licensed affiliates. To the extent you are receiving investment advice from a separately registered investment advisor that is not an LPL affiliate, 
Please note, LPL makes no representation with respect to such entity. If your financial professional is located at a bank or credit union, please note that the bank or credit union is not registered as a broker-dealer or investment advisor. These products and services are being offered through LPL or its affiliates, which are separate entities from and not affiliates of the bank or credit union. Securities and insurance offered through LPL or its affiliates are not insured by the FDIC or NCUA or any government agency. Not bank or credit union guaranteed, not bank or credit union deposits or obligations, and may lose value.